We were just talking about John uh, Kennedy before you came on. He liked to he liked to dabble with the women folk a bit. Cutting edge radio. I was you're, just going to say I kind of got lost. You're all uh, scot free. You're all scot free on that. Or my sister can get it. it. Oh. I'm not worried because I try to avoid the public as much as I can. And what I understand, oh based on my knowledge of history, is that the president usually gets four years. On a podcastle's history hour. Some of the people who live around the town were actually, I actually talked to one of the women at the boarding house who... Uh, boarding house, wow. Ooh, Some of that, and uh, that will make you go blind if you finish that whole patch in one day. Oh my really? destroys you. Especially in the swimming pool, which I always forget the White House has a swimming pool. They Not that I'm ever there, but you would you think you would use that more? Like the 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 myth becomes bigger than the man example. Yeah. Like Kennedy was like a president for like a cup of coffee. He was like this drug addict uh, womanizer, but like he was Catholic. So, so <laughs> he's Catholic. <laughs> he's Catholic. He was friends with the mob. He's Catholic, though. Uh, so, so it's okay. Yeah, Frank Sinatra got pissed off at him, and he Frank Sinatra even built a, like a helipad to land Marine One uh, at his house. And when Kennedy went after the mob and kind of cast casted away uh, the movie stars, you know at his advisor's urging, uh, then uh, Sinatra went out and jackhammered the uh, helipad. Yeah. And what a different time. Right. And Kennedy, I think, stayed at Bing Crosby's instead. And he was a Republican. So that like pissed Kennedy off more. Like he's a fucking- Yeah, his advisors told him he he stopped doing that shit. Yeah. It would be like Biden. (laughs) It's a far stretch. But it would be Staying like Biden. Go- yeah, yeah. It would be like Biden going to stay with like George Clooney or something, and it's like, oh, by the way, I'm staying at you know Tim Allen's house or something. You know, yeah. like it, it was like a total like left, <laughs> like you know, left turn for that. I'm actually meeting up with Scott Bayo later. We're gonna have a sleepover. Yeah, <laughs> he's in charge. Speaking of Scott Bayo, if you guys, uh, first of all, thank you for listening to Nerd Thirty Five slash History Hour boys are back in town for a three-hour dick trickle uh, marathon show um right, every every whole dick trickle has ever played every, oh. oh no he's, yeah. a, he's an ass racer, isn't he he was uh, yeah trickle yeah uh and yeah who's the golfer who has like a name that's like you know there is one some of the golfers names now are like awesome like they're fantastic some of them are awesome and then some of them are like you know well and and yeah, the King. younger, the younger guys with the really cool names are like douchebags, like prima donnas. Daddy's um, money, you know. Yeah, Jacob. Who was the guy? He was a tennis player. He was in Australia, and he wasn't vaccinated or something. So like they kept him there. Federer. Right. No, it was Djokovic. No. Oh, Djokovic. Yeah, yeah Djokovic. He, he yeah. had like an Albanian kind of name. Yeah, he's Serbian. Okay. He lied and like he he got a shitload of people infected uh like the, he, he he was in the wrong like for sure it wasn't like yeah. the yeah tennis clubs like you know blacklisting him or whatever he was stupid he was really irresponsible and 
Australia right. pulled his visa and he can he can't go to Australia now for like two years. So that takes him out of the tournaments for the next two years. So oh, shit. right. It's the only country that really understood what was going on during the pandemic yeah. was Australia. They like they don't got, fuck up two years. See you yeah. later. Okay. They got the shit right. <laughs> and we yeah, the island that's like twice the size of the US. They're like, we got this down. This is what we're yeah. doing. Because I, I read that that tennis player, uh, he was like infected or something, and then he was like posing with fans the next day, like taking all these pictures at like a crowded place. Yes, and, yeah, and, and then they like shut it down. Yeah, stupid. Uh, but again, these millionaire tennis players. I mean, like, how old his is he? Um, chalk it up to just a invincible dumb kid you know he thinks yeah. he's on top of thinks nothing can happen to him like, yeah never had anybody say no to him yeah when i, when I go out with, when i go out with the wife um we're both triple vaccinated got the boost and everything but i'll start putting my mask on my chin just to get her all fired up or i'll do the nose thing and she's like put put it on like people are looking i'm like i need more information and research before i want to put this mask on just to just because she's just like hey, listen to joe rogan damn it <laughs> Look, I listen to Joe Rogan, so um, just, yeah, I don't need the mask. I need more information. Okay, it's we my body. Flying, <laughs> we were flying back from Barbados uh, a couple weeks ago, and there was a guy on the plane who, first of all, he's like coughing. He's like in a horrible coughing fit. Oh. And I'm like, my God, I hope we don't sit anywhere near this guy. Lo and behold, he's like in the row next to us. Oh, and he, he forgot to put his mask on, so they're telling him to put his mask on. And then, like, the whole flight, he's coughing, like, every 30 seconds. And his mask is just down, like, his nose is exposed and everything. And I'm like, I if I get COVID, I'm going to beat this guy to death. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, yeah. like, it's just, it at that point, like, yeah, it sucks wearing a mask. It, it's, it, it's not fun. I hate it. But you know what? It's, you do it for other people. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for other people, and you're a selfish prick if uh, if you're not if doing you're not it. doing it where you should be doing it. You know, and I'm all about you know businesses and airlines, you know, mandating that stuff, and that's yeah. fine. You know, I'll wear it if I have to. Welcome but I will Wichita. wear it if, I, if, if it's not mandated. You know, same here, hundred percent. If it's not, no problem. But especially on an airline too. You know, like that's one business. Oh, it's all recycled air. Yeah, like you you. Well, that, yeah, that you want to wear. And also it's like, I don't know how smart it is to be like fucking around with like federal mandates on an airplane, you know, like you're talking like you could do some serious time, right? Well, yeah. Then, and especially you're going to be the biggest loser on that plane if they have to turn it around and, you know, not oh. make it to the destination and you're going to get booed off that damn thing, you know, or even worse, you get your ass kicked in the terminal. I was on a- I was on a flight in uh, October, and there was this guy in front of me. kept taking his mask off, and the flight attendant was like, "You gotta put it on." And like, he was getting pretty heated. So when um, when the plane was like landing, she says, "You know, I'm just letting you know, I have to submit your name that you're not allowed to fly like on this airline anymore, and they're gonna share it." And he's like, "Oh, it's like my first time flying," and she's like, "I'm sorry, like you you did not listen uh, to this." And I'm like, "Well, that's good that they're like." stopping some of these assholes from doing this yeah, they in future bla- flights blackball them you know and it's just like really you're you're gonna yeah. you're gonna die on that hill you're gonna take that stand there like really your life is so cushy and so oh, good that you that you want to die on that hill like you know fuck you yeah why would you yeah it's stupid 
It's unbelievable that we have been having, no, we have had to have the same discussion for two years. <laughs> we are, no like, I, I'm going to get it tattooed on me or put it on my gravestone. There is no truer term than the masses are assets because there is, there is statistical proof over the way humanity's behaved over the last two years to prove that. You're so yeah. right. 100%. So, it's so we shameful. are a nation full of idiots. Ah, just so entitled, man. We're like the smartest, but also like the most blind uh, because of how like we think we're so advanced. Um, Nobody I, listens. I love the mask, and I don't know is if I have one and I'm by myself, probably going to wear it anywhere I go, maybe forever, because it's a deterrent to assume that I can communicate with you. You know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. I can talk, but it's almost like too much work for the other person to have to listen. So yeah. it's like nothing. <laughs> you can, you can do brilliant. that or wear, wear a MAGA hat. You know, nobody wants to talk to you if you're wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> Just throw it on. I think, I think the mass deterrent thing is brilliant because yeah, I've been in situations awesome. where uh, not even just with the mask, but just like I blame, blame the pandemic for getting out of stuff. Like, uh, you know, I, I might have been exposed. I never like lied and be like, uh, I think I'm exposed. But I would be like, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable. I, I was like in a crowded place. Maybe I shouldn't like go to that card game on a Monday afternoon with your grandmom or something like that. She's old. You know, it's I've used that to get a lot of it. It's the ultimate out. It's you great. know, like someone, someone asked me, I was at like a, like a fair, basically. This thing at Hannah's school. And everybody was outside, but a lot of people had masks on. And I thought, hmm, that's weird that we all have masks on, but we're outside. But I really don't care because it was kind of chilly anyway. And Florida, that's 68. It's, whew, that is chilly. Yeah, and people were chilly, really burkas. <laughs> they dress up like they're in Pennsylvania in December. Um, and in Pennsylvania, we get that first like 60 degree day, that fall, spring, and March. Like late March, you know, we're all wearing shorts and t-shirts, and then it's like 35 degrees the next day again. Yeah, then it snows. Every the runny nose. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I and and the guy come one of my buddies, like one of Hannah's uh, friends' parents. He's he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, I thought we didn't have to wear the masks anymore." I'm like, "Dude, I don't have to do shit, but I don't want to die of Corona variants, so I wear it a lot." Like, gee, I don't trust these motherfuckers. They're the no ones way. that brought my house like a student from charlie's class got charlie covid charlie got heather covid heather got me covid then i got hannah covid like we all had it for like a month uh yeah. you know all, all. it was like when when you be right andrew all got the chicken pox spread out over like two months here yeah. like we all got it done in one shot yeah uh, how did you feel I, during I, that Were you, like did you have bad symptoms or like dude clark that I've never experienced uh, fatigue like this, like that in my whole life. And I've had some moments where I am just dead tired and I'm yeah. like not allowed. And I like can't or like, you know, I'm not allowed because I'm at work. Usually it's when I get really, really tired. But I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't like, you know, curl up in a ball and doze off. I was just like miserable, but like exhausted. If I was... If I were to like stand up and, and talk to Heather after like five minutes of talking, I'd be like, all right, I gotta like go sit down for like two hours. Shit. 
Because you have yeah. the most energy of anybody I've ever known. Yeah. Like, plus the Adderall. Like, I, I, was, I was thinking, like, if I ever got COVID, I, I would think, well, would Adderall, like, but boost you out of that fatigue? But it, I guess it really doesn't because it's, like, the only thing. Whoa. Yet again, uh, the only thing that worked or that made me, like, feel somewhat okay was that good old plant. Yes. Good old plant. The, God, the miracle that, drug. The gift of the and, gods. And yes, the shrubbery of Mother Nature. Raise uh, it up. And, and season, I think, four or five, I can't remember, of um, uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. Nick Cole's oh, actually show about puberty. It's, dude, it's like the greatest show. It's like Hilarious. the best. It's the funniest like animated thing Netflix, I think, has. That's like their Simpsons. So, yeah. John, you like, did you like lose taste and smell and stuff like that? Cause I've heard people like some of the guys I work with who've had it, like they had it like six months ago and their taste and smell hasn't come back. Dude, I was like on the verge of that. I could tell cause my lips, my lips had a feeling that they've never felt before in my life. It wasn't like chapped. It was like they were completely dehydrated. Like there's no moisture in my lips. And so I would eat peanut butter and like um, asparagus and like honey and like, and like garlic cloves just to like keep them awake. Like don't die on me. Don't die on me. Taste buds. Damn it. Taste buds. And uh, Heather did lost her taste and smell. But she got uh, it back. Not fully. Like there's some, it's it's like still there's slowly some, coming yeah. back. I like worry yeah, about that. Like, like levels. That's really messed up. Like I worry about that. That's 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 insane. One of my buddies who's like a big fat guy, uh, he lost his taste, and he's like, "Well, I might as well just eat vegetables because you know it's better than cheeseburgers. You know, I can't taste it anyway." Let's well eat vegetables. Heather, Heather would like dunk things in hot sauce and just eat them, and like she doesn't like spicy, but she would just do it for fun. Just she's like, "Watch this! Like I can't taste or smell this at all." She really, you can't taste anything. Like if you douse it with like cayenne pepper, it's it's. She's like, eating like Carolina Reapers. Right, and you can't taste it. That's so scary. I know. But I was only bad for like, I I would say a total of like three days. Uh, Heather probably was the worst, but she was only four days. But she was just like gone. That probably means she has the best, uh, she like has, out of all you guys, she probably has like the best antibodies. You know, because it hit her the hardest and her body fought it off. So now when I got it, a test, when I got tested, the guy said it's the fastest it's, it's come back positive that I've ever seen. I was like, well, I am swimming in a pool of coronavirus. I work from home and everyone there has it. Sorry. <laughs> There's only so many rooms. We don't have a double of everything. How did uh, you know you had it? Did you have symptoms or did, did you have to get tested? I was I was thinking about telling the story. I didn't know how much longer you guys wanted me to go on about this, but oh yeah, uh, so, your barbecue so, has so <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes so, good. So Charlie had it, and she was down for like a week. Like she just had the most disgusting nose I've ever seen. Oh, poor thing. I know. I felt so. This kid, rough start to life compared to Hannah. Um, so she, she was bad for like a week, and then Heather tested positive like at the end of that week like on that sunday night she's like i just tested positive 
I'm like, oh boy. And I'm like, it's still like, well, you know, I'm vaccinated. Like I'll just keep my distance. But I was due for a booster. I was like right at that six month period where like I should have gotten the booster a month ago. Yeah. So I was kind of like, uh, with enough over and over exposure, it's going to hit me. Um, so since Heather was down, I would give, and Charlie just got over it. So Heather and uh, Charlie stayed together and Hannah and I would like go and play. So like so many days in a row, we would go to the pool and it was great. On like, like a Thursday or Friday, we went early in the morning to the pool and I like jumped in and on the walk there, I was like, eh, man, I'm like really tired. Maybe I'm just like worn down just because you know the house has been crazy. And I jump in the pool and that usually like wakes me up and makes me feel better. Yeah. And I remember standing in the pool and I'm like, I don't, I can't feel my fingertips and I feel worse. Like I feel really bad all of a sudden, like jumping in the pool has made me feel shittier. Like, I'm, I'm fucking sick. There's like no doubt in my mind. So I bring Hannah back. I was like, babe, I got to go like lay down for a little bit. So this is at like 930 in the morning. Next thing I know, I wake up at five o'clock. Heather's like, I didn't know if you wanted me to let you sleep like all the way into the night. I'm like, I definitely have coronavirus. <laughs> so next day I went and I got tested. And yeah, the guy goes, this is the fastest comeback is positive that I've ever seen. He goes, go to this place and they'll give you this Regeneron shit. And they'll just, it's this like four, four needles. And it just like pushes the Corona like right out of you. It's like what Trump got actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, it's Trump, like injections. Trump was actually, he was like a day away from uh, dying. Yeah. He was in trouble. Yeah. yeah he was, he was, he was, he was bad big shape. trouble. Yeah. Well, look at him. He's a slob. Yeah. Can yeah. I get another cheeseburger, even though I can't yeah. taste it? Where's, like, where's my McMuffin this morning? Really pathetic. So this Regeticon, Regeneron? Regeneron. It's like what, injections that you give yourself? No, uh, Fireman gave it to me. Wow, that like boosted you up? It like, for after he gave me that, I was bad for like a day and a half. Two days. So we'll say two. There was like two days of just suffering after the day of just, uh, I just, that I just slept through. Uh, two days of suffering. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I can like, I just begin, knocked it back. I can begin to be a parent again. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are okay, man. When you told me about that, are you, I know you posted like a video on your YouTube channel, the comic John on YouTube. Check uh, it really? out. That's nuts, man, because you're, like, you know, you're, you're a guy in pretty good shape and, you know, it, it yeah. put you on your ass. Yeah, you know I'm what? fucked if I get it. I, I, I was, I was not on a good streak of healthiness at the time. Now we have our peaks and valleys. Yes, you know we have good months and bad months. I, I know was that all too well. I was. Yeah, we all have our good months where we're working out all the time. <laughs> Why did these jeans get smaller? God damn it! Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's COVID. They may be like, fatter. Or relatives for Christmas or my birthday, they'll be like, "What size? Whatever do you wear?" I'm like, uh, "It just depends. Depends on <laughs> my behavior that time." Dude, that's a good. That's a good it's basis for a, uh, an origin story, John. Superhero film where you get the stuff, but you like miss the dosage, or they give you like 
an entire hospital supply for you and you just take it all and you just keep getting stronger and like, you know, things start like take, like instead of smell, you can like smell what other people are smelling, like in crowds, like it just amps up the, the thing. And then like you can the, fly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> numbers error and like shipping and the shipping department, like too many zeros were like elbowed by accident. So I'm like, I wonder what I get. I feel better already. Well, Why do I have to keep taking this? That's, that's crazy that you got that, man. I'm glad everybody's okay. You, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's I, there's so the thing that scares me the most about it is the symptoms are everything. You like anytime you feel like you're getting a little sick, you're like, I gotta get tested. It it, it could be anything. Yeah, or and don't Google it. Don't Google it. it no. Google will tell you like you're gonna be dead in like three days. So yeah, I've learned, I've stopped doing that because I <laughs> I've like you know felt symptoms in the past and I didn't have it, but I was like, I, I'm going to die tonight, you know, because the media, you just assume the worst and, you know, right. like, you need to take it seriously. So it's just like, it's super scary. So I, the symptoms thing is like the worst. It, it could be yeah, like I'm laying there in bed and I'm like, I'm not short of breath. Am I? Am I? Am I short of breath now? And then oh, you have to cup a fart to make sure you can still smell. No, I mean, you, you get tested. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, it's crazy. It's disgusting. But yeah, but it's good stuff. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, glad everybody's okay, man. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was funny because when I had it, I was supposed to be starting a new job. And it, I, I like called them. I'm like, I don't know what your policy is, but I have the Rona. Do I have to start late now? God damn it. Rona. <laughs> And the guy's like this guy. <laughs> and the guy's like super Republican. He's like, well, I'm flexible. I was like, good to know. <laughs> so is I he implying like you can come in anyway? Yeah, he was like, come in whenever you feel like coming. Yeah, stop being a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you went. You saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I think you got. I think you got COVID like right around there. Remember? That's probably that's probably accurate. So I was like, because it was like a whole month of November. Like we had to cancel Thanksgiving. Everybody was supposed to come here for Thanksgiving, but we were like, oh. unless you want your turkey with a side of Corona. <laughs> no, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if John got got COVID from Ghostbusters. Like, if no you way. come back from the theater, if like you you got COVID from there or something like that. I was I was worried about you. I didn't want to harass you and bother you like what happened because that's like the last thing you want to hear when you're sick so i was trying to do some internet like sleuthing like forensic of like well he was he posted a video on wednesday of ghostbusters and he was sick on friday i bet it was yeah it was the amc or not the amc but whatever whatever theater i was like i wonder how like how he got it you know don't put that on bill murray (laughs) remember uh you know movie theaters have reported like no you know like outbreaks yeah they're they're they have it under control or it's like, yo, know, you don't really like sit that close, and you do wear a mask for the most part. Yeah, which I don't. Again, like yet again, I don't mind. Right. Uh, you know. So no, it was definitely from Charlie's school. Some dumb parent had a kid get exposed at a party over the weekend, or no, on a Friday, and then didn't tell everybody until Monday. Jeez. Yeah. Movie lot- theaters have it down, uh, I think, because if you think about it, anyway, you're not really looking at anybody. You're always straight ahead. And unless it's like a packed house and it's 
like a comedy where you're like dying and laughing. Like you're not, it's, they're pretty safe. Don't you think? Well, I think it's so spread I, out. Yeah. I think too, like, and this brought back uh, the drive-in movies and we're like, yeah. Vanessa's hometown. She knows, uh, you know, everybody knows everybody in Franklin, North Carolina. And they, uh, the movie theater had to shut their theaters down, but they put a huge screen on the, one of the sides of the building and we watched Jaws. Like they played, like they had a kid's night on Friday. Then they had like adult nights on like Saturday and Sunday. See, um, that's a, and watching Jaws in a drive-in theater and you tune to the radio station that they, that they're transmitting the audio. It was awesome. Oh my. God. Yeah. That's, that's insane, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I swear there is a market for it. There is a town for it. Absolutely. Just, yeah. And hopefully it keeps going. You know, I, I'd like to see that continue. Right. Yeah. I think driving theaters are awesome. You're in your car and then, and, and you can order online like uh, popcorn and sodas. They'll bring it out to your car for you, you know, so you're still, you know, patronizing them and, you know, it's, it's a good deal. You can order condoms if you're like, yes. have, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like, yeah, that's going to be a little bit extra though. You're not going to get a good rate on that. You know, they have drive-in theaters and in, 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 awesome. they have drive-in theaters in LA, but they're, there's like maybe one actual drive-in that you like pull your car into like a parking lot, but a lot of them are on rooftops, which sounds like kind of weird, but it like works because you're still in your car and they just put up the fake screens and you're like, oh, it's kind of cool. You know, it, it, you're like the middle, it's like in downtown LA. So you're in the middle of a city. So you're like, is this going to like fit, you know, feel like you're at a drive-in, but it does because, you know, you kind of forget about it and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm like, 20 stories up like i could die if i don't back up the right way but it's cool like i i always think drive-ins were maybe it was the business model or something for losing money that they went away but like everyone always loved the drive-in you know yeah yeah that's uh i'm not sure why they went away uh i just want to bring up too we mentioned before the show what's that john I, i i guess the reason they went away is because the wrath of mother nature the upkeep is probably such a bitch oh yeah and if if it's in like yeah. a state like pennsylvania it, you can only really operate them like four months out of the year maybe maybe right. five well i don't know and if you see the movie twister i would not want to be in that drive-in theater <laughs> shining uh, we'll see in a drive-in yeah. theater. <laughs> i um i saw i've seen a lot of movies lately uh, obviously, Spider-Man. Uh, my my experience seeing Spider-Man was like seeing two different movies, completely different movies with two different audiences. The one was like an IPIC type theater where there weren't a lot of seats, and it was Heather and I. And the other one, I was by myself with a sold-out, packed to the gills. Oh, really? Theater. Yes, I sat next to a complete stranger. Right next, you know, like shared the arm. Like I, of course, moved my arm, so I didn't touch. You know, didn't touch. Oh, arm held, hairs held, touching each other. Yeah, held the stranger's hand during the scary parts. We did. We did laugh at the same scenes together. Uh, but yeah, man, when I went with Heather, I I thought it looked like a movie that was stitched together with dental floss and duct tape and made during a pandemic, and they shot William Defoe in London, and then they 
edited to make it look like he was in the same room as Jamie Foxx, but you know what I mean? Like I was seeing all the strings. Yeah. Kind of about the behind the scenes stuff that you don't want to see in a movie. Yeah. And it like ruined it for me. And I was so disappointed uh, that first time. And I also was not reacting to all the like Easter eggs that they put in that movie from the other Spider-Man movies, because I know Heather wouldn't get it. But if I go, Oh, or ha ha ha. Or, oh, they, they did that meme. Like there was 7 million memes from Spider-Man that were in this movie. Yeah. Woven like perfectly. And uh, I just didn't say anything. So I was almost kind of like being like hypercritical because I was like not allowing myself to enjoy it because I knew a lot of it was going over Heather's head. And I was like, oh, this is, this is such a quandary. Like, right. What do you do? I'm watching a movie that I know I like love, but I know my wife does isn't getting half of it. Yeah. So I'm not like be hooting and hollering and she'll be like, what? Every three minutes. Yeah, it's that's that tough to do. I do that with Jen too, like watch a movie. Like we watched um we saw uh No Time to Die. She's not like a huge Bond fan, and um uh, you know, it's like she didn't really understand like who Q was and M and you kind of have to explain and you're like, Oh, that's like a reference from the Pierce Bros in there, and it's like, ah, just it's just a movie. It sucks anyway, so we'll just watch it. <laughs> but when I went back and saw it the second time, I kind of like, um, I was so like distraught because I was looking forward to this movie for so long, and I like was predicting all along that it was just it was going to be way bigger than everyone uh, was expecting. Like Spider Man is the number one superhero on planet Earth. And remember, this movie made one point has made one point seven billion without China. China, yeah, and, China. and during a pandemic. And but China's name is showing. China is usually like you know, massive box office contributor. Whenever you see the movies, it's like six hundred domestically, like a you know a billion two internationally because of China, the Chinese market. So the fact exactly. that it did that without China, it's like. I know. It's, I, I, that's I, probably I, the biggest selling movie of all time if you like adjust international market stuff. If like you add in pretend Chinese money, average Chinese money, it would have made two billion. Uh, right. Far it's the Chinese currency. So I was I was upset, and I I refused to post my reaction online because I was like I don't I can't believe that this was my experience with this movie. I'm I'm just stunned. Um, and I went back and I watched it again. I like panicked and the only thing available was 3D and I was terrified. I'm like, first of all, I don't care for 3D and now maybe I'm going to hate this movie even more that I wanted to love so much. But amazingly, the 3D for the first time ever, it was like Avatar where it was like, holy fuck. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and all that weird shit. It It made it so much better. For a couple moments, I forgot I was in a theater watching a movie. The, the trade of a good movie, right there. That's when you, you like forget that it's a movie. Yeah, yeah you look, you're so involved. People in here, yeah. And I, I was able to like rest with it because I think the first time it's all happening so fast. Like, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen this movie, when Toby and Andrew pop into this movie, it's fucking awesome. But like, I knew that it was a reshoot. I could just tell, but I didn't have proof. And then like a week or two later, they, they 
they were supposed to come in a different way because of the pandemic. The schedules were like flip flop, so they had to change the way that they came in. And that, yeah, you can so just tell other, the way it's like shot, like the way they enter, kind of thing. Like this, it's there's like a seam there. You know, like this was shot later. I'm like this is like one grade above any special effect that I've ever put into a movie. <laughs> Like if I spent like five bucks on software, I can do that. They they delayed the filming of that, like the production. I mean, for like a few months, right? Yeah. But so that yeah, remember, like they they went back to shooting in Atlanta, say in like July or maybe like in April, when everything looked like here we go. Okay, we're gonna like you know, fly right? Yeah. Out. And when we were reopened it, for a day. And then, it, right, exactly, like we did again. So there was, uh, there was the, um, there was the delay in the, the shooting of it, but then also the delay in the release of it. And because of that, like, shift in the delay, Doctor Strange uh, 2, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, was supposed to be before uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, but now it got it's now it's afterwards. So then that movie went through all these like story rewrites and shit because they're woven together. And, and I feel like it. knowing all that information like messed with my experience of it. You know what I mean? Like, I too, yeah, just, I can see that. I was seeing it being made, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, they did the thing, they did it great, but like. What else were they going to do? Like this was so obvious for so long time that like all the other Spider Men were going to be in it. Yeah, and, you can uh, see the magician putting the rabbit in the hat like before. You're like, I, I kind of like get what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, it takes out like, the the zest. It's a, it's a you know the suspension of disbelief or whatever. It, I, I was taken out of it, as they say, a lot, and. uh but as, since then, I've watched it like 10 times. Like I just have it on at work on this like pirate website. And it is it's so much fun. It's such a cool, great movie. Um, but I think just the two different experiences were so weird to me. Uh, but the second time, it was definitely awesome. I completely recommend it. Uh, even if you've seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's like once or never even seen the Andrew Garfield one, who, by the way, stole the show by a mile and... He's gonna pop up as Spider-Man again. I, I guarantee it, uh, because you know they cut his franchise short and reboot yeah. Spider-Man into the MCU, and that was kind of a. I feel like Andrew Garfield too has a lot of favor with fans and people that maybe aren't even huge fans, but they've seen, you know, all they've seen Tobey Maguire's, you know, that trilogy, and then they they watched Andrew Garfield. I feel like he did a really good job, and he kind of got like a short end of the stick with cutting it short, you know. Because it was really quick. Yeah. The movies around him were really bad. Uh, yeah. Because and Emma Stone were, they had like, the, the chemistry between the Spider-Mans and the MJs and the and Gwen Stacy, that's what make all three of these movies. Like Toby and, and Kirsten, Andrew and Emma Stone, and uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Like they, like, they all really make this work. Like, it's, it's them. They made it happen. Everything else is like decoration. They also stopped showing Uncle Ben dying in every Spider-Man movie. Like, like to this day, you know, like every Batman film, even Joker, 
which isn't about him, shows Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot with like the pearls dropping on the ground. Like they're like, we're just th- throwing this in there no matter what. I feel like Spider-Man kind of evolved better with the storytelling. Like we're not going to dumb it down for the audience. We know that, you know, like what happened. We don't need to remind you all the time. And I feel like those make it like better movies, you know, like you respect the audience. That's a little bit more. That's what I loved about this MCU, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. They just skipped right there. Like he's already Spider-Man. And yeah, like we know what's the deal is. And Iron Man found out and it's like, oh shit, now they're going to like team up. So, but like this, this, those three movies, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man No Way Home. It's like a trilogy origin story for Peter Parker, but with some things changed, like with great power comes great responsibility given by Uncle Ben as he died, never happened to this Peter Parker. No, but but those lessons and those like um, I guess just yeah those lessons they get to him just in different ways, and I uh, yeah he's so good. But Andrew Garfield after seeing this movie and then after watching him in Tick Tick Boom, he's just God the dude is so good. And I remember him in social or uh, in um you know the Facebook movie what the hell was it called yeah social, social network he was right? awesome at that. <laughs> You better lawyer up because I'm not coming back for the 2%. I'm coming for it all. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. He's a really feeds, good. Actor. Feeds the chicken to the, the bird, you know, and remember, remember he accidentally did force cannibalism on the animal. And he's, he's such a great character. He's a great actor too. I mean, he really is. He's a great yeah, actor. And I'm like not a musical fan. Like I just want them to get to the point by drag it out in song. Um, but I saw two musicals this year and I loved them both, uh, like a lot. Now I may have just been in the right mindset. You know how, like I said, like I saw Spider-Man two different times and it was like, I watched two different movies. Yeah. I may have just been in a good spot both time I watched these movies and was able to tolerate it being a musical, but also really appreciating just how fucking good, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and the goat. Steve yeah. Steel, uh, really the best. Lemon, well, he's a genius. Yeah, I, I didn't go totally. Wrote in Kanto, he wrote Encanto and Moana. And yeah, I love every song from both of those movies. A West Side Story. Lemon, well, Miranda, but yeah, uh, no, in West Side Story, I you said you saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he didn't need to make that, and he he did, which I think he had an extra level of like. You can tell he's interested. You know, he, it it meant something for him to do that. That worked. You're, you're, People didn't like it. But... Life, the Saturday Night Live spoof on that, where uh, they start like singing and like they're clicking. Puerto Rican just stabbed me in the head while you were singing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Norm Macdonald's just like getting oh. irate with them. Like, hey, yeah, what what the hell was that? <laughs> no, it just kind of came to us. Like we just started singing. You know. Well, it was like you were like choreographing yeah. it, like you rehearsed it. Hey, it just well, came to me. Yeah, while you guys were singing, a Puerto Rican stabbed me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best. I think that's one of the best skits. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that. freaking out right now. I don't know that one. Um, um, that's a good one. That's a good one. He's like, and like, you know, he's trying to be all tough, and like all of his like gang comes up and like <clears throat> they start singing, and he's like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, Norm McDonald's the only like 
straight guy in the thing where he's like playing it straight. He's like, yeah, we got like a fight. We got to practice. And they all just start singing. He's like, what the hell was that? Like, you just started singing, you know, like he's not in on the like, he's, he's like the real life guy in the musical. So yeah. funny. It's good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, uh, I'm with you on the musicals, too. I have to be I have to kind of be in the mood for it. And when I am, I really I'm really into it. Like White Christmas, you know, it's a musical. You really have to be like in the Christmas spirit. You're watching. It's great. Things like that. But um, yeah, I don't think I've ever been in the mood for that. I'm not watching the sound of music tonight. <laughs> in um, Never Seen um, the, uh, what the fuck was I saying? Um, Encanto. Side story. Uh, it, it, okay, in West Side Story, there's a lot of talking. Like it's not all singing. Tick tick the yeah, because you know how like they take the little breaks in between songs. Didn't yeah. tick tick the, the the breaks they take are like two, not even two minutes, like a minute. Yeah. Not even a minute. Sometimes it's like thirty seconds, and they're right into another. Right song. back into it. And I, that. Because I like the breaks sometimes. I'm like, okay, talk, exposition, exposition yourself yeah. here. And, uh, but Tick, Tick, Boom, dude, it's, the, the lyrics of the song are so clever for what you're thinking at yeah. that age. Yeah. yeah. And, and also with the breaks, too, it's interesting to see how they segue into the song because sometimes it's like flawless. You know, you, you don't even realize it. You're like, oh, it's like, it's like another song again. But sometimes they're kind of obvious, like, yeah, the guy came to the window. What's a window, you say? And you're like, come on, dude. Like, come on. Come on. But like, yeah, it's interesting. They kind of start off slow. Like, they're like, who's at the door? Who's at the door? Who's at the door? door? (laughs) And they slide into it. You're like, yeah, that's funny. It's like they're geniuses making musicals. I just did a little scene for one right there. Yeah, Music yeah. You just, you just slide into it. But it works, though. Um, Spielberg just like, oh, I can do every genre, but I haven't done one. I'm going to go do that. And it'll be amazing. And it'll win all the Oscars. He had to. He had to button it up. I don't think I have the refined palette for movies that you guys have. My favorite movies, Jaws, where just people get eaten. So, uh, uh, Me too, man. I'm with you on that. I like the shark. Yeah, yeah like that's, I like the shark. The palette. But I think like uh, sometimes it's like it's like a miniature challenge. It's like, can I sit through this like artsy project? Yes. Yeah. And can I appreciate it? And it, it's it's neat. Like I did it with the Princess Diana movie. Um with with uh Kristen Stewart. Yeah. I I um, actually saw the previews for that. That looks pretty damn good and looks like she like totally went into character like she even like watched diana's like speaking and how she even walked and like she like nailed it from what from what i've seen i haven't seen the movie yeah i think it i think that's like the trait of a good movie too if it makes you care about something that you wouldn't normally care about you know Like Rocky is with boxing. A lot of people might not care about boxing, but you love the movie Rocky. Tone, man. The tone. You can like blow a tone of a movie with me in like under a minute. Like if I don't like get like sucked into where I'm like, all right, this is like fun. I'm like relaxing. Even if it's like creepy or weird, 
you know, like if you're not getting some sort of positive emotion from me real quick, I'm usually like, yep, there's a million other options. Yeah. Or if you're with somebody, like if the wife will put on something that she's like, yeah, we watched what you watched last time. I'm like, that wasn't like my choice, you know? She's like, we're watching this. I'll, after like a minute, I'm like, oh, I'm going to some ADHD land in my yeah, head right now. Not even, you could be showing me like, mulligan. this could be like a murder in real life. And like, I'm, I'm checked out because I'm already not interested. She did that the other day. I was watching, uh, I found Dawn of the Dead, the original on YouTube. And I was like, I haven't seen this in like years. I'll just watch oh. it. She came out and she sat down. She was there for like 15 minutes. She's like, well, I'll pick the next one. And, you know, it was like a Seinfeld episode. I'm like, this is not the movie. You know, like this is not my pick. You came in here and sat down. Yeah. You can leave anytime. This doesn't count. Right. It doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you, John. After like a minute, you know, you kind of know if you're going to like gel with it. And that's why Spielberg's like the greatest. Like every single movie that he makes, dude, I'm telling you within the blink, the first blink of the movie, you're like, what's that? Yeah. Like that's his, he's, he's the greatest of all time. Even uh, Empire but- of the Sun. You're like, what's that? Or you're like, oh my God, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it gets you. Jurassic Park. Did yeah, he do yeah. Jurassic Park? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, first scene where they're like, you know, the raptor, uh, they're yeah. loading the raptor cage. Yeah, and Sorry. he eats the guy. You're in. Yeah, you're in. Because you're remember it comes out of the trees, in. like the the uh, the forklift comes out, and you're like, what's that through the trees? Is it like a T-Rex? You're like, oh, it's just a forklift. And, uh, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, just uh, because uh, you could do it, doesn't mean you should. Uh. Because they should. They're here, kids. John reviewed the movie. John, what did you... I saw Monstrous you posted online today. Yes, yes. My, uh, my first like celebrity crush. I, I wanted to go. Really? I was like, I was thinking tonight, I want to go and take that movie out of my, off my channel because I'm not going to see it. But in the trailer reaction, I say, I'm going to drag myself to the movie and see it. It looks so dumb. I'm just happy to see Christina Ricci back in things. Like she's doing yellow jackets, yeah. and that's successful. So she yeah, you always it. had a crush on her. Loved her. Did you really? She's, her. she's cute. I thought I didn't think she was like a, a ten. I just thought like I, I bet I could, if I knew her, she would like me, and I could get her. I bet I could. I was so yeah. convinced. <laughs> I always think about it. <laughs> Wednesday Adams. Yeah, Wednesday Adams. And then she was in Casper, and I was like, oh, boobs. Yeah. Casper. Uh, she hasn't done a film in a while, though, right? Like a mainstream movie? No, yeah. she's been like dark for a while, and then like she just popped back up on that one that you're talking about, John. Yellow Jackets. Yeah. That's a great show. She was yeah. engaged to Owen Benjamin, that comedian that like went completely nuts in the last five years. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's like lives on a, like, he's like a, Ted Kaczynski kind of guy now. He was on like TV shows and stuff, and then he lost it and was like I think creating his own power source, like yeah, to live. Comedians with. are usually like super smart people, and they're so like high on that spectrum that they're almost like insane. Yeah, uh, I mean, or super like, dark. Like yeah, you they all have like you know drug addiction for the most part. You know, and you look at Robin Williams, like the guy was freaking brilliant, and then you know yeah. he couldn't handle you know having this illness and he didn't even know what it was. And I don't know if you guys saw that documentary on him on HBO. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but like, I, you know, what just come inside my mind, that one. Yeah. 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 Come yeah. Inside my mind or something like that. Yeah. It's super sad. 
it's too sad because he was just Seinfeld was on um, uh, Smartless, the podcast with Bateman and um, uh, Will Arnett and uh, you know Will from Will and Grace. They have they have like the A of the A listers just come on and bullshit for like an hour. Uh, and Will Arnett's so fucking funny. Oh, but yeah. anyway, they had Seinfeld, and he was like, he's kind of a dick. He's like he's uh, he's like he's yeah. a great comedian. He goes, a great comedian is able to come on stage, show show you show you his their insanity, and make it fun. Yeah, <laughs> so makes perfect like, sense. You're saying we're all insane. Yeah, I don't think Seinfeld's a dick. I think he's just Smug. He, the guy's like at the top of the top. Like yeah, he's, yeah like it's. Yeah, like it comes off smug, but it's just like he's already thought of the joke that nine out of ten people are going to try to make him laugh with anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. and I think he's he's yeah. like he, he has a facade that he's always on. Like he's always Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, like, yeah, because in his head he's just making fun of everything. Like yeah, guy- like when he was on Larry King, and Larry King said, uh, uh, "Your show, uh, yeah, it got canceled." He's like, "No, Larry." <laughs> We didn't get canceled. We we went off the air. That was it. Like, are you kidding me? And he and then he wouldn't leave it alone, which was hilarious because Larry King like sleeps through half. Used to sleep through like half the interviews anyway. So yeah, he was like promoting the B movie or something, and he's like, yeah. it's still on. Is it still? Which like to Seinfeld's credit, he should know that the biggest show in the world, like, yeah. if it was still on the air, like he yeah. should do his homework as a journalist. Oh, yeah. uh, Larry King was mailed it in for the last like twenty years of his life. Oh yeah, I, yeah. King was was doing such a lazy like tell me how you came to the decision to end the series after nine seasons instead of doing another one because you know the network wanted you to do another one yeah instead he acted like he didn't know <laughs> so you didn't get canceled right it's like <laughs> such a sloppy way to tell the story yeah. about. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you see like late night host, they're like, Oh yeah, we have a guest on. I saw your movie, I really liked it. Like, you know they didn't watch whatever movie that their their book like I read the book, it was really good. You know they didn't do that. Larry I King didn't that. even pretend to do that. He's like, What is it? You know, tell me about it. Like I didn't watch it and I'm not going to. I was married eight times. I'm still smoking. I don't have, I don't have time. I gotta smoke a cigarette and I gotta go to the LA Dodgers <laughs> game and eat ice cream behind the behind the plate. You could see him always. He was always eating an ice cream. Always. Behind big shoulders, he was like a bat shot with a pitcher throwing the ball, right? (laughs) He was like a bat. Um, speaking of television and films, John, I want to see you. The question that the world uh is talking about is what's your thoughts on The Mandalorian? I mean, uh, Book of Boba Fett, um, which is kind of like The Mandalorian now. I wanted to mention um, one more movie that I saw that. Again, it was kind of like not in my genre wheelhouse, but I, I love the the, the cast, uh, the power of the dog with Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, really dark, westernish kind of incest. Is that on Netflix? Of, yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz, so I checked it out and. Yeah, like I said, pretty fucking dark, but just—I mean—you are sucked in, like I, you know, right away. You're like you're into uh, it, like like we've been talking the last ten minutes. 
the tone of it yet you're like just ah man whatever these weirdos are doing whatever these like vague conversationalists are doing uh, i'm in uh, it was it was really good takes place the in 1925 montana wow cool yeah dark shit see benedict cumberbatch is cumberbatch yeah a lot of women would like to uh see his batch the his doctor's brain his What's eye that? of October. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the page. The, the Book of Boba Fett is yeah. funny because the fans reacting to Star Wars is like my second favorite part of Star Wars because the fans are so emotional about it, I guess. Yeah, it's and, a big deal. And I compare it to like people who call sports talk radio. Like they, I love the like. It's a good analogy. Just, just like the reaction. Yeah. Of, of drama um that's make-believe you know it's not it's not real it's just like a pretend thing yeah uh that we created to entertain ourselves and they're acting like favreau and filoni are writing this story like episode to episode and then filming it and then, and then listening to the audience and doing these like we read off your tweets um, they, so we're going to bump this out in the next three days. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for they sharing. Wrote this, they wrote this like years ago, you know, uh, at least a year and a half ago to two years, like uh, years ago, because it, it, it was filmed and then six months later it was released. So it was written years ago, right? They're not bringing in Luke and Ahsoka and mandalorian in because they knew the audience would think it was boring so let's shift it to a character that we like right we're just we're just impatient and, and it's funny because it's just like sports fans nfl fans week to week is live or die and yeah. it's like yo let the whole season play out you stupid fuck <laughs> right week six it's like we're fucked yeah we're fucked <laughs> This this week five game against Dallas is must win. It's it's no, it's, it's the end. It's li- yeah. It's life or death. Like the Eagles this season. Like you know they made the playoffs when they had no business being in the playoffs. Backed into the playoffs. Fell into the playoffs. Ugh. I wish Hurts. Uh, uh, you know Carson Wentz really screwed us. Uh, and Hurts yeah. is not the answer. No. No, so, not at all. And that was proven uh, against a good defense with the Buccaneers. And we're not going anywhere with him. You know, we'll be a middle tier team. Yeah. Uh, best with him. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's, where he scores 55 you know, points with like five touchdowns. Like he'll have crazy fantasy numbers. It's like QBR day. rating. is like yeah. I'll tell you what, though, the, uh, the last three weeks, aside from playoff, seat, uh, playoff years, Playoffs where uh, like the Eagles were in it, and there were some like nail biters there. I, I don't think I remember seeing more exciting uh, nope. playoff games than this year ever in my life. That Chiefs, that Chiefs Bills game was unbelievable. And the, uh, the I've the never Buccaneers seen a game. game. Like that. Yeah, and I would hate to be a Bills fan, but that was just like if you like football, that game was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It every was crazy. Game, every game ended on the final second like the yeah and it was up to the the, kicker right yeah so 
that's that's so the most job. hated guy on the team. The yeah, I, my wife doesn't even like so like watch the game if it's like the Super Bowl or something. She doesn't really like watch football, but like I would like go in the other room, and, like and I'd be like, oh, like they just scored again. Like Brady's up. Like that's why he's the best. You know, she's like, is that good? I'm like, not really. I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to tell somebody. Like I'm watching it alone. I'm, I've been drinking since two. Like. Like, let's get involved with this a little bit more. Like, I was like jumping out of my seat, like walking around. I was like, this is, this is so exciting, though. Like, it was crazy. I, I, dude, Clark, it's so funny. I miss those days because I used to do that with like the NBA finals and yeah, did you? Football games too. Heather would be like going to bed and I'd be like running in and out of the room giving her updates. That she, just <laughs> she, she doesn't care. She didn't care. She's like, oh, like I'm watching, you know, Twilight Zone or something. And I'm like, no, you don't I'm understand. Slow deck. Shut up, John. And, then I, then I was trying to appeal to the fact that she grew up in LA. Like if she had to pick a team, she's a 49ers fan for whatever reason. But um, I'd be like, well, the Rams are in, you know, they're Super Bowl, SoFi Stadium. She's like, is that good? I'm like, yeah, it's like your hometown. You should be like lighting cars on fire and stuff like that. You know, this is like, this is, this needs to be like a bigger deal. I'm yeah. trying to like make it more exciting for her than it is. And I'm like, they don't, yeah, uh, they don't grease up the uh, light poles like they do in Philly. Uh, when the Eagles are about to uh, have a playoff game or an NFC championship. Yeah, grease off the light bulb. Yeah. Up we go. Ridiculous. So funny. My brother, who's a parole officer, said the, the day after the Eagles won the Super Bowl was like the most calm day when he was uh, out on his beat. Oh, you know, right. Everybody was like high five and everybody was your best friend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No problems. Yeah. No problems at all. Funny. <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the second best sign that I've ever seen. Uh, hung for a sporting event in Philadelphia, uh, the second best, because after the Eagles won, there was just this huge sheet hung on like this house that was like abandoned and like half burnt down, and it said, "I will never boo again." I was like, "Yeah, I will never boo again." Yeah, <laughs> that's it, awesome. See right there. It definitely helps in terms of tolerating uh, the shortcomings that the team has right now uh, that we got a Super Bowl a few years ago. So, you know, that, that's going to dry up, though. We didn't just get a Super Bowl. Like, we got a movie-worthy uh, Super Bowl. Like, we yeah. beat the champions. We, we weren't. Strict play. We had a backup quarterback. We snuck into the Yeah, Super we weren't supposed to win any of the games in the playoffs. I know. The dog. And I love, there's a video, there's a great video of somebody across the river in New Jersey after the Eagles scored like one of the touchdowns against the Vikings. And you can hear the Fly Eagles fly song from like two miles away. I mean, that was fantastic. Where, across the river in like Camden or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's what you like to hear, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it, it was awesome. The city needed it. We, we The Eagles needed it. One of the Eagles websites uh, or fan, not a fan site, but like a sports site. I think it was like bleeding green or one of those. They announced the other day, it like showed up in my news feed, um, the Dick feed. And it was like Tom Brady who lost to the Eagles in the Super oh, yes. Bowl 2016 retires from football. And I was no, like, it was God. Tom Brady. Tom Brady who lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl and refused to shake Nick Foles' hand. That was retires. Retires. Like that was it. That was the context. Like the greatest football like player. The, even like the Fox News uh, affiliates in New York said Tom Brady, who lost to the Giants twice in the Super Bowl, retires from football. Wow. So I don't know if you guys watched that game, uh, the last playoff game he was in. I, he got knocked around pretty good. And I think that was a big uh, wake-up call. And, you know, he's 44. You know, I'm yeah. too to be doing this shit and getting knocked around like that. I, I wonder that, too, because I don't – 
know the guy personally or anything, but if you look at his career, that's a guy you expected to play until he couldn't anymore, like physically. Yeah. Because he just, you know. He doesn't get hit. No. So he never gets hit. you wonder if like he had a talk with the wife or something like yeah. shaked him up because that, you know. Well, he got hit on the one where the it should have been. It should have been a flag, honestly. Yeah. Uh, where the helmet came in under his chin strap and he was, you know, his, his yeah. lip was bleeding and all that shit. He was pissed. Uh, yeah. And he was like giving it to the ref. You know, why didn't you throw a flag? Of yeah, course he got, he got his first, every play. time Tom Brady, like, you know, if somebody farts on him, like they throw a flag. Uh, right. And they weren't giving him that in that game. So. Overspoon. Just whacking him around until they got yelled at. That's my yeah. usual philosophy. Yeah. Oh, and you know what else I watched? Uh, night, I watched half of Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper. Kate oh, Bush. how is that? I want to see that. Yeah. Then, okay, I've only watched half of it, but I had to turn it off because I was like getting busy at work. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to give I, it the respect it deserves. And I didn't like just mute it. Yeah, so I like turned it off. I'm definitely gonna go back to it though. It was really cool, oh. and it was starting to get like crazy. Jeremy Irons is in it. Like really great cast. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. I'm curious what you think about that, too. You're like a good compass of like. There's so much good stuff out there right now. It's almost like, you know, you get lost in 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 all of it. And some of the good stuff probably like slips by you a little bit. So, yeah, um, I, and I, sure. I saw that, you know, pop up on my feed and I definitely want to see that. That, that looks good. I'm a fan, too, of if something's like distracting you, you're like fuck it, I'm going to do this another time. You know, you're know, like, like, well, I'll be like, well, trying to watch something that I'm like really getting into. And it'll be like two or three, like something from work or something. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You win today. You win. And like, I'll put something else on. It's like, I just, I'll, it'll like ruin the whole rest of the movie for me. You know, yeah. I'll be like fixated on this. I know. I do. That's, that's like, that's me in a nutshell. It's like this damn phone. If I like watch a movie and if I, I want to watch it. I have to put the thing like in the other room. And while I'm sitting there in agony for like the first hour, because I want the phone. Yeah. You're like, what's the happening? Movie, the movie's good enough. I'm stuck in and I forget I even need it. I don't have that restraint. I'll just keep rewinding it. So like an hour yeah. and a half movie will be like four hours. And I'm like, oh, I really Me need too. to focus. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't yeah, have like, the ADHD is still like running wild. But that's yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Uh, I got to go back. Like what happened? Yeah. But the one, the one show that I will not miss, <laughs> that I will not be interrupted for, is uh, Peacemaker on HBO. Oh my God, that I is hilarious. Written by, written by James Gunn, like dude, he wrote that after Disney fired him. Oh no, no, that's not what happened. When they fil- they finished filming Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad, and then everything went to lockdown. And he was so bored, he just started writing the Peacemaker show. And it is like exactly what I knew it was going to be HBO and James Gunn getting together. Like, this is going to be great. And Cena is like, just like Batista as Drax, Gunn just like knows how to like use these guys not too much in one way and not too yeah. much in the other. And like, just Cena's just great. It's just, and he's the uh, anti superhero. He's the anti, he's such a bitch. <laughs> That's the, that, he's that's such the, a bitch that's the part of the character that of john cena that i hated in wrestling he was just a nice guy 
Yeah. And that was a gimmick. I like in this one, he like wants to be a badass, but he's really like a good dude. Like he's, he's really like. You call yourself the peacemaker. How many people have you killed? <laughs> Women and children too. <laughs> dude, when he's like rattling off all the names of other people that he could have switched the fingerprints with. He's like Howard Stern, Baba Booey, Robin Ophelia Quivers. And and who's the who's like the, the other superhero who's kind of like annoying, like too uh who like left him all the voice messages? It's like, hey man, just uh, checking in, you know, seeing how you're doing. Vigilante is his name. He's yeah, like, Vigilante. Yeah. It kind of reminds like, me of like a little bit of a like like the uh uh the boys or whatever on uh on uh Prime. Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Which is just right. hilarious, like anti superheroes. I was like talking to my buddy. I'm like, I love it because James Gunn doesn't have the restrictions that Disney Plus must have on some of these directors for the, for the the Marvel shows. On HBO, they can kind of like, not oh. that they can say fuck more, but they can like, they don't have any restrictions. The dialogue is hilarious. The dialogue yeah. is the best part. Like the, the improv can like go anywhere. And that's usually where all the funny stuff is with James Gunn. It's what he does with the Guardians. But imagine how much funnier they would be if they were rated R. Yeah. 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 The, the control, the, I guess they have like more creative, not creative control, but they have like less boundaries there's, of what they, they can, can let get away with. More. Yeah. I mean, there's no restriction. There's nothing that like, ooh, no, we can't do that. You know what I mean? They're, 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 that doesn't exist. Right. We can, I, love, I love his eagle. Eagly. Yeah. Eagly. Yeah. Wait a minute. You named your pet eagle Eagly? <laughs> Doggy. And his dad is hilarious. I <laughs> far right wing like Trump guy, you know. <laughs> T one thousand from Terminator Two. He's yeah. literally the biggest asshole on television. Like he he he's like, I knew when you came out of your mom's cooch, I should have slit your throat. Like, <laughs> you were a toilet baby. <laughs> The most evil sh- and he's like come on dad Jesus. Hey, just, he's just, just an angry drunk <laughs> but the thing and I guarantee you this is what uh, like this is the idea that sparked in James Gunn's head to make this a show all those different helmets because that's new and that's never been done now they those these helmets can pop up and they can be like specific like plot transitions or plot points yeah uh, all the different helmets with all the different capabilities, like scabies. <laughs> when he goes into like the Shonies to meet with everybody and he's like in full dress, he's like, I thought we were, you know, like, don't you want to be a little bit more discreet about this? <laughs> Take your goddamn helmet off. <laughs> one, the one post credit scene. I love how every episode has a post credit scene. And he's like, what's this helmet doing? He's like, gives you scabies. He's like, why would I want scabies? He's like, challenge yourself. <laughs> Everybody's got scabies once in their life. <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, have you got what's Gunn, that? Man. It's it's all James Gunn. Like, yeah. He's just he's like the greatest like like actor's director. Like he just like lets him go. Yeah. Cena has found his niche there too. You know, he's perfect in the role. Because uh, I've seen a few of his movies. He's not like the best actor when he's trying to be like the action tough guy. But in this, he's perfect. Yeah, because you're right. He's he's like basically himself, but the dialogue can, you know, makes him a, kind of sort of unlikable. Yeah. Because he's a dick. 
yeah, yeah, he's a total asshole and he's a pussy he's, too. Right. He's delivering it in like a like an innocent way. Like he's not really intending. Like when he says, "Your tits look amazing in that shirt," and that's not sexist. I really mean it. <laughs> I feel like too when you let those guys, you know, that have been around for a while know what they're doing, you give them that creative control and let them kind of run with it with the right actors and it's gelling. Like it's it's only going to get better from there. Yeah, you know, and he, he he look he wrote it and he directed it. Yeah, and he just he just came from making three huge comic book blockbusters and like his experience at marvel about how you gotta keep the continuity you know in order he's like he's starting all these like branches that hbo and warner brothers and dc yeah do and really make like the dc universe like legit and like give it some respect and it's all going to be because of gun and his experience over marvel and how to like kind of set up other directors like here he's like throwing them a ball here they like mentioned that might like that's a character from the comic books that like is either gonna show up or be referenced again and by his characters mentioning these deep cut dc comic book characters he's like officially making them like canon so that yeah. they can show up for movies that yeah sense. that's what they need to do and they, and you're gonna start seeing more of these like divisions or you know branches or whatever you know popping up and and more shows being produced like they need to do that at this point you know yeah and each episode builds on itself like it gets better as you go along it's yeah it's unbelievable. definitely they have a chip in his brain that they can just like hit a button and it'll blow his head up <laughs> all the suicide squad people they all had those um did you watch suicide squad bob uh no Oh, I have dude. not seen any of like the superhero Marvel movies. I have not done any of that. If you like Peacemaker, I mean, he sh- yeah, that his first appearance is in that movie. Harley Quinn, you know, Margot Robbie, yeah, and uh, Idris Elba is this other like sh- sharpshooter. David DeSmalchin's Polka Dot Man, like it's just they fight this giant alien starfish. It's unbelievable. It's so good. I'll have to check that out. Absolutely. Because I, I know I'm missing out on that stuff. It was the first movie from Warner Brothers to go to be released on HBO Max for free yeah. and theaters on the same day. That's why it like flopped. Okay. Because the pandemic is still raging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely check it out. Like he's in it a lot. Like he's like one of the main characters. And like his end is like the the most kind of like tragic. Okay. Yeah. And it spits off into, into, into Peacemaker. Yeah. I highly recommend it, dude. It's, it's, it's the same guy, the same director, same writer. It's hilarious. I love the, I love the humor in it. I love yeah, that. Like, you should see how it's not like your father's Michael Keaton, Batman, you know, it's <laughs> not like, like you really see like it's a human being like <laughs> that they, they screw up. And <laughs> There's this scene in the movie where, like, John Cena and Idris Elba, Peacemaker, and Bloodsport, I think is his name, they're sneaking through this camp and they have to, like, kill everybody in it, but most of them are sleeping. And Cena, like, throws an axe at a guy, hits him in the head, and he falls. He walks up to the guy with the axe, rips the axe out of his hand, walks up to this guy that's sleeping, and just as he's walking by, just goes, and just hatchets him in the back. And then just keeps walking through the camp. It's it's like that, dude. You would love it. Yeah, would I love, love that shit. 
great. Um, Clark, are you watching Peacemaker? No, no, I haven't watched it yet. I uh, so fun. I mean, it's I, not I, should, so I could probably start it now. I I I've been watching Yellow Jackets, and I rewatched or I watched the last season of Better Call Saul. I kind of fell off that show. Uh, I don't know. So I, I, did, I did fell off that show too. Yeah, I fell off of it. I felt kind of torsome the last season. I just wanted to like cross it off the list. I thought, um, I, I don't you, know you guys weren't a fan. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And at times I enjoyed it more than Breaking Bad. So, um, so did I. The first four seasons, I, I think, are better than Breaking Bad in a lot of ways. I know the whole story arc and, and writing and stuff is probably not as good, but I just enjoyed it better. There was, there was so much going on, you know, like you had the Salamancas and then you had like Saul who you know, like you felt bad for, but then he kind of redeemed himself. It was like an asshole. And you're like, ah, he's kind of a prick. Um, the whole, the whole show was good. Saul and Breaking Bad are kind of like Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. It's like the original's unbelievable. Seth good Seth. Never seen, never good seen Breaking Bad. I am afraid to start watching it. Because I know I'll get I'll get into it. Oh yeah, it's a it's yeah. it's addicting. I, I think Breaking Bad's probably the best show of all time. Yeah, I think break, it's, Breaking Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. To me, Breaking Bad is my number one B. Right under Lost, one A. Uh, yeah, I mean Heisenberg is just the, He's so good. Brian Cranston did it. Yeah, I think his performance is better than. Oh, so close, but I think I liked him better. Uh, I just liked him better than Tony Soprano. I, I always get like yeah. bored of the, the, you know, the womanizing stuff. I was glad. Yeah, it doesn't age real- that. It doesn't age as well as. I just don't care. Like I'm just like whatever. You end up pulling your wife. Like, all right. Don't waste time on this. Get back to like the shit talk. Right. Yeah, I just like, like yeah. the, the last season of Sopranos where everybody's getting whacked. That that was good. Yeah, yeah. When like they that. give it right. They, and yeah, they respected right. it too. They like yeah, respected and it's kind of the, like it reminds you of uh, Goodfellas, you know, when the, they're playing the uh, yes, the, the, I forget what the Clapton song. song. Yeah, the Clapton song, and yeah. they're getting they're all they're all getting hit. Yeah, Sopranos respected the the kill too. You know, yeah. like they they gave it to you when you kind of wanted it. It wasn't yeah. like every episode they weren't just like dance, motherfucker. You know, they were like were they, were they, they shoot one guy. And the 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 car's like still in reverse, and it like runs over his head, and like oh yeah, silly Tardo grow up. <laughs> I love that. He's like, hey, to the kids, he's like, hey, it's the Phil, and then boom, <laughs> say bye bye, Grandpa, bye bye, bye bye. Just watch um, Cobra Kai season four. I've not seen any of those. No, dude. Dude, Cobra Kai is by far the like most surprising television show I've ever experienced in my entire life. Because really, there are moments where I'm on the verge of I'm too old for this shit, and then it like in the writing of the of the dialogue they will tell you like. You are not too old for this. This was something from your childhood and it's still fucking cool and it's actually very self-aware and and I don't yes. know how. It's very self-aware. That tournament at the end 
I was standing for the entire. <laughs> oh yeah, two- it gets you. It ropes you in. With Hawk and Robbie, and then with uh, with uh, his, you know, Daniel's daughter and the, the bully chick. Those matches were so well choreographed. I, my freaking heart was pounding out of my chest. Yeah, they get and when you. It, I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, you feel it. Cobra Kai, I think, took so the Karate Kid, everything you liked about it, and made it better. Like, I, I, I think at this point, Cobra Kai is better than the Karate Kid. The, oh, the for trilogy. sure. Dude. You know, like, it's just, it's a whole thing of its own now. It's, it, this is what's going on. And this is why I think, like, we've, you know, we have a movie with three Spider-Men in it. Uh, we have this Mandalorian show where Luke Skywalker is in it. He's Luke Skywalker from 30 years ago. Yeah, because it's amazing. People making them now aren't grabbing cash first. They're like coming up with this thing that they love and like presenting it to make cash. You know what I mean? Like, right. There's just 100% like love and like care now in the people making things uh, than there was what it seemed like maybe like two, 20 years ago when you were anticipating something. You're, you're like, oh, they're going to do a Daredevil movie with Brad. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. It's gonna be- and they played and- Evanescence as he's like crying and you're like, okay. And dude, even like <laughs> the real scene in the movie. I've never seen it. Never will. Uh-huh. I think too, like they, they know they have a built-in audience. And so they know people are going to go see these, these things and Over. they're just doing a great job of keeping our attention with it. And yeah, totally storyline. Because because yeah. you look at everything too, like everything's coming back from our childhood, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's a market for it. I mean, yeah, we're doing we're just big children, and now we have money to spend on it. So yeah. you know, you look right. at like Pam, Pam and Tommy, uh, you know, something from the nineties that was like a big deal at the time. They did the American Crime Story with the Clinton scandal. Uh, the yeah. show was kind of a snooze, but like a lot of that stuff's coming back. And what John said about the detail, when you look at like the Boba Fett episode this week with the frogs, you know, when he does like the scene with the, with the frogs, like the detail in that scene, it was like a five minute scene um, that they, they put a lot of detail in that really wasn't that essential to the, the plot. But it shows that kind of they care more where if like Ghostbusters Afterlife came out in 2005 versus 2021, guaranteed that movie, if they got the actors together, would just be them putting on proton packs like, man, this shit's getting too old, you know, like that kind of just to have a name attached. But I I agree with what you're saying, John, like they put the the attention to detail in there, like they they handle it well. Even the the Fantastic Four or, you know, and the X-Men movies, it was like. Like the X Men movies, there were some of them that were really cool, but there wasn't anyone who cared enough to like make sure there was no plot holes and like continuity errors because the timelines are just a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah, they just slapped them together. It confused the audience, and and that's why they fizzled out. And who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, they're just bumping them out. They 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 designed it. They made it. They they put a patent on it. They slapped it on a lunchbox, and there it is. There it is. You know, they just threw it out. They, they feel like the X Men ones became like Fast and the Furious. They just were like bumping like a new one out every year in the early two thousands. Can gladly say I've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, that's good. That's a good thing. 
I've only seen the first one and like I think the seventh just because I was on like a 12 hour flight home from Hawaii. That's what they're good for. It's like if you're <laughs> that like was flight, the only thing I could choose from. <laughs> uh, one of those things. No, I'm with you. I haven't, I haven't watched them either. Yeah. As you see Fast and the Furious playing on the other screen here, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Really Hold good. on, guys. I gotta, I gotta catch up on this. Um, I want to bring up, I know it's getting late, but I wanted to bring up uh, before we wrap up as uh, Bob brought up a very interesting point um, this year, this week, these last two weeks over the course of history, Bob, there was three horrific space disasters. Uh, I should say NASA kind of accidents. Um, and you mentioned the, the timeline of this. Yeah. January 27th, there was the, the Apollo, Apollo 1 fire. One. Yep. They died on the pad. What? They died. Okay, so, so explain that. What it was basically, they were. It was going. It was going to be the first Apollo mission uh, to go to the moon. Um, right. And they were just training. They were just you know shaking down the capsule and shaking out all the equipment. And it was called a plugs out test, where they actually simulate. And they do. They do this with all the missions, uh, where they put the astronauts in the in the capsule and. They simulate like the whole countdown launch and everything. And it just so happened that on this plugs out test, uh, which they, they learned from this big time, the cabin was 100% oxygen pressurized. And that's essentially like you're basically in like a pool of gasoline. So they had a short circuit in one of the switches and those guys, they didn't burn to death because they died before they were able to burn to death. They suffocated because basically the oxygen that they were breathing in their helmets was underneath their, their seats. And when those, when it caught on fire, those things actually blew up and it sucked all the air out of their body. So oh. they didn't burn. Oh. Uh, Do you imagine? Yeah. Strong. But the worst way, you know, Gus Grissom, Roger Chaffee and Ed White, Ed, Gus Grissom, the second man in space, the second American in space. Uh, Roger Chaffee was a rookie and uh, Ed, Ed White was the first uh, astronaut for the United States who actually did a spacewalk in Gemini. Um, so this was like the, the cream of the crop and wiped them out. And that was January 27th, I think, 1966 or 67. Now your history. Um, and then we, were, we, were, we were on the moon two years after mm-hmm. that. Uh, Which is amazing that it's they just kept plowing through. You know, yeah. it wasn't like we're shutting down. It was like Kennedy said. Um, and then that was January 27th. And then obviously years later, January 28th was the, the Challenger disaster. Yeah, yeah which, where Challenger, uh, where basically that's when NASA already knew that the space shuttle wasn't like a commercial airliner. Uh, they were literally when the shuttle would be landing in Edwards Air Force Base in California or at Kennedy Space Center, depending on the weather, uh, they would be like cannibalizing, you know, the, the fleet to you know, literally pulling something off of the shuttle that's sitting on the runway that just landed, putting it on, uh, you know, the, another shuttle sitting on the pad so it can launch, you know, a couple of weeks later. And, you know, the O-rings with Challenger, they, they had O-ring burn throughs and they knew they couldn't launch in cold weather. The people at Morton Thiokol who built the boosters knew there was a huge problem. They told NASA and NASA basically flew on a waiver uh, that said, you know, we can fly on this. And, they, they lost the shuttle that day. And then February 1st, 
is when Columbia broke up coming through the atmosphere in 2003, I think. Um, I remember when that happened. It was right before like the Super Bowl that year. Because remember the yeah. Super Bowl, they did like a bunch of tributes. Yeah. Um, and those guys, they did they they didn't burn to death because it exploded. No, right? they were ripped apart. <clears throat> G forces. Uh, you know, once again, it's the normalization of deviance. Uh, they flew. Every single shuttle mission had foam coming off of the external tank, the big orange tank that fuels the main engines during launch. Every mission had foam coming off of the external tank, and they thought it was harmless. It, 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 it would ding the shuttle, and actually, the, the second flight after the return of flight after Challenger in 1988, a piece of the booster came off and looked like somebody shot a shotgun on the side of the shuttle, and NASA, that, sh- that was Atlantis. That shuttle almost didn't make it back, and NASA oh, wasn't going to do anything. And literally, the commander on that mission was like, he like downlinked to his wife, like, "I think I'm going to die when we come in through the atmosphere because oh, you're not taking this seriously." And they got away with that. So they constantly had the foam shedding off of the external tank, and it was a mortal hit on Columbia when they were uh, about 83 seconds into flight, and it punched a hole in the leading edge of the left wing, uh, no, the right wing, and. They they knew they they knew it they they knew they had a foam strike um, and NASA maybe the foam there's foam coming off of like the the, the yeah rocket the external thing. tank the external tank houses all the fuel for the main engines which is liquid oxygen and liquid nitrogen um, and it's super safe. cold it's super cold so it actually liquefies uh, I'm sorry liquid oxygen liquid hydrogen and so the external tank is almost like a giant thermos and they had like, you know, they, they sprayed this like uh, uh, composite on it, you know, around the actual tanks that housed the fuel. So it would basically, you know, keep the, the fuel cold. Um, and that was shedding off of the shuttles. Every single flight they had foam shedding off the external tank, but they flew with it and they thought it was okay. And it hit Columbia 83 seconds in the flight. They watch all the launch videos and they knew they had a significant strike on the leading edge of the right wing of the shuttle. And they actually, they, they, the guys at Kennedy space center said, Hey, you know, Houston, we need to uh, get somebody on board with putting, uh, you know, taking some images of the shuttle uh, while it's in orbit to see how bad this is. And they, they denied it. The flight director, or I forget who it was, but the, the flight director denied it. The crew was told about the foam strike. They didn't think it was anything big, but, you know, two, I guess like two days into the mission too, radar picked up something like a piece of the wing coming off that had been hit. And that the leading edge of those wings, that takes the most heating on reentry. It's 3,000 degrees. It's hotter than the surface of the sun. And like when they were coming in, that, that basically – that. That was a, it was basically like a blowtorch coming into the shuttle and the shuttle's body, the frame, the airframe is aluminum that melts at 600 degrees. So they didn't stand a chance and the wing came off. The astronauts were ripped apart before they burned up um, because of the G forces when they spun the commander and the pilot, however, uh, their seats are fixed in the cockpit. They were alive for about 28 seconds after the shuttle completely lost control. Willie McCool and Rick husband. And they, yeah. so they know what the they score knew. is at that point. Yeah, like, they knew. We're gonna because, and as the shuttle was coming in too, they were like losing tire pressures on the right wing 
uh, their landing gear. They, they knew something was going wrong. And at that point though, you're screwed. You're done. You, you can't, you can't do anything to fix that. And they, they knew probably like a minute before it actually lost control that they were in big trouble. And then when it lost control, uh, the wing came off and that was it. What a terrible way to die. Yeah. Yeah. And the challenger astronauts too, they, they were alive until they hit the ocean. Uh, the crew compartment came out intact and the shuttle, the, the shuttle didn't explode. It broke apart in the challenger disaster. Uh, and the shuttle actually came out of the fireball and it just whipsawed just a little bit. And it was enough. The aerodynamic forces was enough to just rip the vehicle apart and the crew compartment stayed intact. And there was no massive decompression because when they found the crew compartment about three months later on the floor of the ocean, there was no sign of a massive decompression. Like the floors weren't buckled or anything it was all damaged from when it hit the ocean. So they yeah. were on the way down. How long did it take for them to like recover everybody after the challenger? Uh, I think they got the bodies out in like late March happened January 28th. Uh, they got, I think they recovered the crew compartment in late March. Um, and they didn't like NASA didn't make a big deal about it. They didn't want to say like, we got the crew compartment, you know, they, cause they had to basically identify the astronauts by like dental records and things like that, because the impact was so severe and they've been sitting on the ocean floor for so long that Jeez. You know, they were just, they, they weren't even, they didn't even look like humans anymore. Yeah, no, of course not. But yeah, so that's uh, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> John, where'd the Braves hat go? The best hat. Yeah. It disappeared. It's a little tight. The World Series Champions. But people don't realize, I didn't, I didn't realize until I watched the, the documentary on Netflix that it didn't actually like explode, the Challenger, yeah. I mean. It just broke I was just thought like, oh, it blew up when it was taking off. The booster actually like, came apart from the external tank and hit the top of the external tank. And this all happened like in milliseconds. And it blew, it shattered the top of the external tank. And pilot Mike Smith, the last recorded words were, oh, no, because he could probably see fuel coming across the windshield of the shuttle. And that was it. And then like, but for them, too, it's like they, the Challenger broke up at 48,000 feet going about 3,000 miles an hour. And it whipsawed and broke apart. But for the crew, SCOBY and pilot Mike Smith probably didn't know the shuttle had broken apart around them. So they, because they, they had flip switches. Uh, they were trying to return to the launch site, but they probably pretty soon realized that there was no vehicle that they could fly at that point. Because everything probably went like, you know, barber pole in the shuttle. Everything went dark, barber pole. And then they broke up at 48,000 feet and the sky is pretty like a dark blue there. And they coasted up to about 65,000 feet before they came back down into the ocean. So oh, the sky gosh. was black and then all the way down. And poor Chris McAuliffe and Greg Jarvis, who were sitting on the mid-deck, there's no windows on the mid-deck of the space shuttle. You just have a little, you have the hatch and then a little side window. They didn't know what the hell was going on, probably. They probably just heard shit going on uh, up top of them yeah, on the flight deck. And actually, Judy Resnick and Ellison Onizuka were sitting behind the commander and the pilot, and they both activated... Uh, their emergency air packs. So they were alive. Gosh. Insane. It's crazy. Yeah. When they hit the, um, they they pass away as soon as they hit the water. Like when oh, impact? Yeah. yeah. They hit the water doing like, you know, terminal velocity. Oh shit. So 
and they wow. hit like on the commander side SCOBY and they said like you know they they found like shit stuck in the front of the shuttle that from the external tank broke apart you know I guess some of the debris like stuck into the front of it and yeah so yeah, they, re they recovered and, the whole thing like all the pieces of it that broke apart uh, no no in fact uh, uh, they only recovered about 40% of the actual shuttle uh, oh, really? The rest is still down there. And actually, about 20 years ago, the body flap of Challenger washed up on shore. Uh, really? Uh, north, uh, still? Like, like after all these years? Beach. Yeah. Crazy. After the storm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's all still down there. I thought you were going to say, Bob, uh, no, they haven't recovered it yet, but they will this weekend when I go diving for it off the coast yeah. of Florida. It's, exactly. It's you with like one of the old, like, tiny, like, big tanks down there. Oh, yeah. Like, where, where, yeah, where they have to, like, pull you back up. Yeah, Somebody's yeah, just blowing air down to you. I, I think there's a hole in my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing, though. Yeah. I think it was, was, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. It, yeah, it was insane. When they found the crew compartment, they actually, the divers were like shocked and they felt they found one of the bodies because one of the spacesuits was sticking out of the shattered compartment, oh. like the legs. Uh, it was just the suit. Stored in the mid, the mid deck. And then they found it. And yeah, they said even like Judy Resnick was one of the astronauts on there. They said her hair was like uh, in like the lockers on the back of the shuttle, like because it was so violent when they hit the ocean. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever seen like a diagram or like a, you know, like a reenactment of what happened inside? Like, you know, how they do those computer animation, like. Here's what yeah, and there's there's pictures. Yeah, there's pictures of the crew compartment coming out of the fireball and then dropping down in the ocean, and then there's pictures of it. You can you can look it up online right now, um, right. and you can see it. And eventually, the pictures get worse and worse because they were you know they were ten miles up and about eight miles downrange, and as they as the crew compartment dropped into you know closer to the ocean, the visibility got bad for the long range tracking cameras, but. NASA still has like classified cameras that they used on the first mission, the first very first space shuttle mission, because they were terrified that the tiles were going to come off the damn thing. And they took pictures of it with some of our defense satellites that still haven't been declassified. And you're talking about a shuttle moving 17,500 miles an hour in orbit and a satellite going in the opposite direction. And they were able to get pictures of it and basically said to John Young and Robert Crippen, like, you guys are good. You know, you're going to make it back because they were worried about the tiles coming off and they were worried about like a zipper effect, too. Like if one tile came off it, like the whole row would come off. And yeah, so it was uh, the shuttle was way ahead of its time and it was mishandled by human beings. Um, if they flew within the confines of what it was designed to do and address some of the problems, uh, we'd still be flying it today. But is it. it true NASA doesn't really talk about that stuff? They don't dwell on like the no. accidents and stuff. They never really like uh, talk about that. No, they hold like remembrances and they have like a, 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 a like a it's called a mirror at Kennedy Space Center if you ever go there and they have all the names of the astronauts who have been lost, uh, you know, in in flight and also like in training missions and stuff. There's a bunch of guys that got killed uh, during the yeah. Apollo days. Um, but no, NASA is a political animal. And they will do anything uh, to appease the politicians because that's where they get their money from. That's why they flew. Uh, yeah, they Jake have to kiss Garner. their ass. Yeah, that's why they Good. flew Jake Garn and Bill Nelson, who was a House member and a senator. 
And Bill Nelson is now the director of NASA. Um, but he flew on the shuttle when he was a senator. And literally, these astronauts who have trained for years, this asshole from Washington has taken one of their seats, you know? Yeah, that is fucked up. And that's before, like, Richard Branson and, you know, all these billionaires could just, like, yeah. make through a rocket. The only way to really get into space was, like, be in the government and kiss someone's ass at NASA or something. Yeah. We promise them funding and, like, yeah, we'll give you a list. Yeah, and they were going to fly. You know, remember Ralphie from uh, uh, A Christmas Story? <laughs> yeah. They were going to fly him. Uh, the Challenger, he was actually at the launch. Uh, we're going to fly him in the Challenger? They weren't going to yeah. fly him in the Challenger, but they were going to, they were, Chris McAuliffe was going to go up and then they were going to open it up to like kids too. And he was oh going to fly. He was actually starting to get ready to train to fly on the shuttle. And he was there at the Challenger launch. That's right. He, uh, they're making a sequel starring him. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't like how they did Home Sweet, Home Alone, or whatever. Like they're trying no, to capitalize, and is that what they're I doing? Mean, I don't know what. I think they already made a sequel, didn't they? The problem, though, is like the dad. I forget the actor's name who played the dad. He was the best part of the. Show. He was the best part of the the movie. I mean, really? it's a clanker, and he you know, has like a horrific fall down the steps, and like nobody's like checking on him <laughs> to fix the the furnace. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. They're just like. He's so fine. Roger was, must be French. <laughs> he's negotiating for a Christmas tree. It's like Yeah. And he just died a few years ago. He made that movie. Like he's hilarious. Because he's like everybody's dad, like, you know, but just like crotchety, like Christmas story sequel is finally happening. Uh, it's gonna be on HBO Max. Okay. <laughs> Nostalgia porn is, is yeah, and and I guarantee like, you that's not going to be it's not going to be good, probably. I, they have a funny idea. They better have something. I mean, yeah, they better I mean, have like a twist with it. I know I forget his name, but it's pretty simple. The guy who played Ralphie, I know he's in it, and then I think there's other names. His brother is, is his brother in it. I can't put my arms down. Yeah. And Randy laid there like a slug. It was uh, Peter Billingsley <laughs> was Ralphie. Billingsley. Sid Farkas. Sid yeah. Farkas. That guy, uh, he's still he's riding, uh, he's still riding that that train. Uh the guy who played Sid Farkas. Oh. Oh yeah, he's on he's he's on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. Yeah. He follows like eight hundred thousand people, I'm not exclusive, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's all about like I was Sid Farkas, everybody. Yeah, and that's what uh, my uh, one of the funniest things, and this is like going in a different direction, but my buddy who's a Bills fan that I work with uh, said, you know, the Bills, like this is before they made it to the playoffs and like Josh Allen like became a superstar. He's like, the Bills are just like, they're they're like Sid Fargus. They just beat up a bunch of Ralphies, like, you know, and they're not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Sid Fargus. Just beat up a bunch of Ralphies. Like they beat the <laughs> shitty teams that they should win. So funny. They did. Um, what was that, Jen? No, I was just saying beat up a bunch of Ralphies. That's great. They did the uh, the Home Alone reboot on uh, Disney Plus. Um, you know, nostalgia porn is big. And then, like three weeks later, Buzz was 
arrested for strangling a woman in a bar. I saw that. And Disney started backpedaling, like, hey, we're not going to promote this as much. I that though, like that's like his one big thing was Home Alone, and that's enough. You, you can yeah. say I was in Home Alone. That's like and he was perfect. He was and he was perfect, and he was iconic. And then they Disney they what's that? Disney was like giving him a you know like here come be in this the franchise giving a bone yeah on a bone yeah you know Disney just or uh, yeah Disney, <laughs> Christmas movie paid, wife. gets paid and then three weeks later it was like it was like an autograph signing. And I'm he was like strangling, got mad and drunk, blacked out and like, strangling him. Come on. Yeah, well, that yeah. goes with his character. Yeah, right. Were growing, I, wonder, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't not okay. strangle you if you were growing out my <laughs> ass. No, no, you're really hurting her. This is a this is a crime. And I wonder too, like, what picture did they? I think like I I saw like uh, there's like a thing on Netflix like the movies we love. And it yeah. shows like the backstory of all of them. And like Home Alone almost didn't like make it. Like they they got like their funding got cut like halfway through. And Fox oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, it's amazing when you. That, that's a good show, by the way, too. Yeah, and native. they filmed. They actually filmed the scenes inside the house. They built the house in the gym of the school where they filmed Sixteen Candles, Uncle Buck, and they filmed it all in there. Yeah. And just the outdoor shots were just of a house, you know, outside of Chicago. But every all the interior stuff was done in that same gym from like Uncle Buck and God, right. John Candy. Like, and I, I have a, I follow John the Candy. Like a, yeah. he pulled his stuff from Spotify, by the way. Really? What's that? Uh, John Candy, uh, <laughs> like the what's what the hell is his band's name? The Polka Band in Home Alone. Polka, I saw polka, like a, polka, I saw a polka, polka. Was like yeah polka. Gus Polanski pulls his music from Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Very big in Sheboygan. They, never, you never heard of us? You know? It was polka, the Kenosha Kickers, right? Kenosha Kickers. And, it, and it's funny, they shot all of John Candy's scenes for Home Alone in one day. And he only made the minimum wage. So the guy who's the pizza, the pizza boy. Who's Nero's? Oh, little Nero's. Nero's. That guy made more on that movie than John Candy did. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he was like uncredited or whatever. Yeah, and the whole John Candy thing when he's talking like the polka stuff—that's all ad lib. That's not oh, scripted. Genius. Oh. Yeah, genius man. I know. I like. God, I just like love the guy. I just watched uh, the other day Summer Rental. Underrated. Wow. Underrated movie. So Have you good. seen it, John? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't hear you, John. I thought, were you talking? I, I think you cut out for a second. I think I talked over. Oh, I don't yeah, think I was mumbling. I got to hop off, guys. Oh, no, no. I think I, I think I got to bounce, too. But this has been a good show, man. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. Well, I, uh, be back next week with the Kenosha Kickers. I don't have anything this weekend. I don't know what you guys are doing. But uh, I think I'm pretty open this weekend. So just keep me posted. I'd open, man. We'd love to do one. I'll start editing this bad boy up and uh, get Beautiful. some Kenosha Kicker music going on. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. Everything you said was funny. So good. Uh, but this is a great show, guys. Thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, let's just keep talking. And let's, let's do another one soon yeah. for game. Thanks for having me on. Love you, yeah, brothers. Uh,
enjoy the next show. Talk uh, Hammond Tommy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll dedicate it. Dedicate the show to it. It's, it's a gem. Oh, yeah. Talk to my penis. Thank you.